The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to Know the Score. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Libra icon, Dwayne. What's going on, Dwayne? Hey, not much. Just actually woke up, but I've got a couple more weeks of the season starts. College football's in good swing. Hey, you cry, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that was very impressive by the boys uh, last night. Freshman quarterback. Just a reminder, another score is being brought to you by the CSPN. You can find us on the web at www.cspn.us. So, Dwayne, we're going to, after a, a bye week, we're going to resume our last AFC and NFC preview, and we're going to discuss the Eastern divisions in both of these conferences. So, we're going to start with the AFC East, and the first team up are the Buffalo Bills. Their key additions were quarterback, A.J. McCarron, defensive tackle, star Loa Tooley, defensive end, Trent Murphy, running back, Chris Ivory, offensive lineman, Marshall Newhouse, cornerback, Vontae Davis, cornerback, Philip Gaines, offensive lineman, Russell Bodine, and safety, Raphael Bush. Their key losses were quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, offensive lineman, Cordy Glenn, Receiver, Jordan Matthews. Receiver, Dante Thompson. Offensive lineman, Richie Incognito. Offensive lineman, Eric Ward. Linebacker, Preston Brown. And cornerback, EJ Gaines. Their key additions for the rookie class are Josh Allen at quarterback, linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds, and defensive tackle, Harrison Phillips. So last year, Buffalo, you know, made it into the wild card. They had a quick exit, but at least they gave their fans, you know, a little bit of playoff football. Tyrod Taylor, though, uh, how they might have tried to sabotage his uh, whole existence, still managed to get them into the playoffs. And then they cut him loose because they did not want to pay him. So, as you said, a lot of times, Dwayne, that this is basically Carolina North, as uh, Sean McDermott has basically brought in that, you know, Carolina uh, Panther style of. You know, running game, defense, quarterback just needs to manage the game. And hopefully, you know, you make less mistakes than your opponent. So they've got a shiny new toy in Josh Allen this year at quarterback. They are maybe trying to bring him along slowly, but it looks like more and more that the pressure may get to Buffalo and he may actually play sooner than later. So just talk about Buffalo Bills uh, so far this preseason They've had a kind of up and down preseason. Uh, they had an injury to Shady McCoy. Looks like he's going to be sidelined uh, right up until the uh, start of their season. So that may be, you know, something to watch as we go into the first month. But your thoughts on Buffalo this year? Uh, mm, yeah. Okay. So let me 
say this. Um, quarterback situation, I mean, it's just uncertain at best. I mean, yeah, you got Josh Allen, but you also have A.J. McCarron there. Uh, let's make a note. A.J. McCarron got hurt in the preseason game. He broke his collarbone. He so He did. So, yeah, it's either Josh Allen or Nathan Peterman. And if we remember, the Nathan Peterman experience was not really all that great last season. So it looks like it is uh, Josh Allen's time before um, kind of like getting thrown into the fire, baptism by fire, I guess. So um, this is going to be his team. This is why they drafted him. This is why they wanted a franchise quarterback, and he's going to be the guy. Um, he does have a target in Kelvin Benjamin, if Kelvin Benjamin can catch the ball. Um Hopefully, Calvin Benjamin will stay healthy because he does have a tendency to be injury-prone, and we'll see how accurate of a passer Josh Allen is to Calvin Benjamin to see if Calvin Benjamin was right about his little Cam Newton assessment. But Calvin Benjamin is also known for dropping accurate passes as well. So I don't mean to make this a... Calvin Benjamin Rose, but my petty is activated at the moment. So, let's move on. I mean, let's uh, the running game. Uh, of course, uh, McCoy is down for the moment, but he should be back by the opener. You got a good uh, solid veteran backup in Chris Ivory, a good RB2 there. Uh, Mike Tolbert, uh, I think Mike Tolbert's still there. Uh, in the fullback position, so um, good. So you have um, you know the enforcements there on the offensive side, the defensive side of things. Um, one thing Buffalo's always been good at is their defense, anyway. So to have an addition like Star Lodeley, uh on the defensive tackle, and I mean, sorry, pretty crowded. Um, line in Carolina, so uh, going to Carolina North is pretty much a good thing for them. Um, And it adds to an already solid uh, defense there. So, I think what will happen is the Bills may have a... It's going to really depend on how quickly um, Josh Allen adapts or if he perishes under the pressure and if uh, or when A.J. McCarron can get back from injury. We'll see how it goes. All right. We'll move over to the Miami Dolphins. Their key additions were defensive lineman Robert Quinn, offensive lineman Josh Sitton, receiver Danny Amendola, receiver Albert Wilson, running back Frank Gore, offensive lineman Daniel Kilgore, and quarterback Brock Eisweiler. Their key losses were receiver Jarvis Landry, defensive lineman Indominus Sue, offensive lineman Mike Pouncey, quarterback Jay Cutler, quarterback Matt Moore, linebacker Lawrence Timmons, and tight end Julius Thomas. Their key, their key rookies for this upcoming season are safety Mika Patrick and tight end Mike Gasecki. So this is going to be basically a make or break year for Tannehill and Adam Gase and everybody that's, uh, you know, been a part of this current uh, Miami Dolphins regime as basically is to put up a shut up year. 
Um, they've had some significant losses with Jarvis Landry and Mike Pouncey uh, and Dominican Sue along the line as well that were really key factors to whatever success they had last year. So how do you see Miami season shaping up? We've got Frank Gore coming back to Miami. Um, he had some really good productive years down in uh, Indianapolis. Hopefully he's still got some tread left. They kind of, you know, give the Dolphins a little bit of something that they've been lacking since they traded Joseph Ajayi over to Philadelphia. So uh, Miami Dolphins, uh, do you think that this is a playoff year for them? Or do you think Adam Gase will be putting up a for sale shine in his front yard come uh, January? I think I think Gase uh, will be okay. And I think um, uh, this will be a redemption year for Tannehill. I don't really have anything bad to say about the Dolphins. I mean, Frank Gore is there. I think he gives that court to give a veteran presence, but uh, the guy you're going to be looking for is Kenyon Drake. Um, uh, Frank Gore was the one that said that, um, hey, I see why they got rid of Ajayi because of the talent Kenyon Drake does have. And, and, um, Look at the, and then you don't have a receiver who's going to be running east and west like Jarvis Landry does. Uh, you'll have I, I think Danny Amendola may take over that role, right? And then, <laughs> and then you also got the vertical threat in Kenny Stills. Um, but the part of the thing is, can Tannehill get the ball down the field? Uh, we do know that there's a lot of nickel and diming for the most part, and and that's what he has shown over the last several seasons when he's healthy is a lot of um, of little short plays that get stretched to longer plays. Don't really see him throw the ball down the field. So I would like to see if he does have the chance to do that. And, and, um, and I like the defense. I mean, you got uh, Robert Quinn, who was probably the other other uh, freak of nature when he was with the Rams. Uh, you have Kiko Alonso still there in Miami uh, when he's on the right sideline, of course. But, um, um, yeah. Um, and so the uh, secondary, Xavier Howard, uh, one of my favorite cornerbacks last year, uh, he really did uh, step his game up a lot. So I like I like what Miami has. It's just going to be a matter of health and really steps in as, um, you know, the number two to Amendola. You know Amendola's going to get a lot of touches in the slot, but uh, who's going to be that outside threat, that outside guy for Tannehill? All right, we'll move over to the defending AFC champions, the New England Patriots. Their key additions, running back Jeremy Hill, defensive lineman Adrian Claiborne, offensive tackle Trent Brown, offensive lineman Matt Tobin, defensive tackle Danny Shelton, cornerback Jason McCourty, receiver Cordell Patterson, and receiver Jordan Matthews. Their key losses are cornerback Malcolm Butler, running back Deion Lewis, Lineman Nate Salter, receiver Brandon Cooks, receiver Danny Amendola, 
offensive lineman Cameron Fleming, and defensive lineman Ricky James Francois. Their key rookies are offensive guard and tackle Isaiah Wynn, who unfortunately is going to be out for the season, running back Shawnee Michelle, cornerback Duke Dawson, and quarterback Danny Eatley. So, of course, the Patriots are coming off uh, the loss in the Super Bowl to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the big controversy surrounding that game, of course, was Malcolm Butler not playing. He has moved on to the Titans. Um, you've added a running back in Jeremy Hill from the Bengals. Uh, maybe, you know, add another person in that stable. You've lost Danny Amendola, who was one of the key slot receivers. Um, they've cut Jordan Matthews, right? I think so. I think they right. Yeah, they already yeah. cut Jordan Matthews, so it looks like Cordell Patterson may be a bigger part of their plans than maybe originally thought. Um, they also cut uh, Mitchell, Malcolm Mitchell. He's also got cut in this training camp as well, so their receiving core, they're starting to thin out. So, I mean, I think everybody expects the Patriots to win double-digit games for them. It's just a matter of are they going to show up in the AFC Championship game and are they going to show up in the Super Bowl? So, you know, it's father time going to catch up with Tom Brady this year and we finally see some cracks in the armor or is this going to be another business as usual season for the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, looking at the rest of the AFC East, it's really for the longest time it's been New England and everybody else. And now it's still going to be the same, much of the same. I think we got to do worry about um, Tom Brady's age a little bit. Uh, even though he says he can play this full, he's about 45. We did see him get roughed up a little bit and some little slow to get up a few times. So, um, but when it's ready, when it's go time, uh, during the season, we see how great. Um, Brady really becomes. I really like this team. Uh, I really like this team's offensive mindset. The defensive uh, side of things is still shaky. I mean, even though Matt Patricia is gone, they got a new defensive coordinator. Uh, but we still don't know if the personnel can still um, get the job done. And that's really what happened. They never got a pass rush in that Super Bowl against the Eagles. They never got any pressure on Nick Foles. And and the big difference was was the pressure. And and once uh, that sacking in the Super Bowl happened, that was the end of New England's chances. And so uh, we're just going to have to see how Things shape up. New England is going to be my pick to win the AFC East, but they're going to have a lot of stiff competition when it comes to the playoffs. I think teams are finally catching up to them, and we'll just have to see how if they can return back to the Super Bowl for a record 11th time, or will this be um, the sun setting on what's been one of the probably best runs in sports that has ever been made. It'll be very interesting this year to see how much more of the running game they try to lean on since they've got 
uh, a guy who can go in between the tackles and Jeremy Hill. I mean, they've also they always try to keep an outside inside guy. But I mean, Shoney Michelle basically taking over for Deion Lewis is going to be extra scary because, I mean, this guy has miss a tackle, take it to the house type of speed. He has very good hands. He's, you know, could be a, a great slot receiver. Just one more person for Tom Brady to kind of utilize, get the ball out quick, and maybe not take as many of those big hits that he was taking towards the end of the season where he had to kind of work the ball down the field a little bit more because their running game wasn't as good uh, late in the season. So very interesting to see kind of how Michelle fits in with their uh, offensive game plan. So should be very exciting. If you're a fantasy football player, he would definitely be a great RB2 to pick up. Hmm. I'll add him to my list. <laughs> yeah, he's going to test the ball a lot, I think. Finally, wrapping up the AFC East, we have the New York Jets. Their key additions, quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, receiver Terrell Pryor, linebacker Avery Williamson, cornerback Jermaine Johnson, running back Isaiah Crowell, receiver Andre Roberts, and center Spencer Long. Their key losses, defensive lineman Muhammad Wilkerson, running back Matt Forte, he retired. A tight end, Austin Safarian Jenkins, defensive end, Coney Ely, linebacker, Demario Davis, and kicker, Chandler Contezara. Their key rookie additions are quarter, quarterback, excuse me, uh, Sam Donald, defensive tackle, Nathan Shepard, and tight end, Christian Herndon. So the Jets are coming off uh, another season where quarterback seem to be their biggest hangup. They haven't, you know, they haven't seemed to have recovered from the Geno Smith uh, draft and then him not panning out. So they were at the top of the draft this year and things worked out where they were able to draft Sam Darnold. They do have Teddy Bridgewater, but it looks increasingly throughout these preseason games that maybe Sam Darnold is going to get the edge over Teddy Bridgewater and that Teddy Bridgewater has kind of made himself more valuable as a trade commodity than actually a starter for the Jets. So Todd Bowles is maybe in a prove it year for him. He's got a new quarterback, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the front office is going to give him any leeway uh, because this is his fifth year or fourth year on the job. So talk about the Jets, their expectations that you have for them. And is this the year where, you know, they kind of at least get to eight and eight and save uh, Bowles job? Wow. Um, okay. So if anybody. Um, knows like how I feel about the Jets. Here's the thing: it's gonna come down to the offensive side of the ball, like it has in the past. Uh, the defensive side of things, I think they have a solid defensive unit, and so. Will it be enough? I think they got their quarterback of the future, Sam Darnold. I think he played better than Josh McCown. The only thing is Todd Bowles has a set on McCown being the starter. Now, if he does become the starter, McCown, he hasn't had a very good track record. Why not give Sam Darnold the keys to the franchise? You drafted him number three for a reason. Why not let the kid get the ball going on his career? You never know. He might go nine and seven. He might go ten and six. They go to the playoffs. They may even shock folks to win the AFC East. 
but it does boil down to the fact that they're the New York Jets. And so the problem is the New York Jets do New York Jets things, kind of like the New York Mets do it. It's like LOL Mets. And it's LOL Jets in this case, or or the Dumpster Fireness and the Brooklyn Nets or something of that sort. Any secondary team in New York just does not have that luck as the original team. It's just how it is. Um, and I have seen it. I, I've seen it quite some time. Um, and I like the fact, I like what they're doing. I like the I like the ambition. I like the makeup. It's going to just, like I said, it's just going to boil down to can Todd Bowles make the right choices or will his silence, I mean, because he doesn't really talk much. We don't really know what goes on uh, in his mind. Um, very, very mild-mannered guy. Very, very quiet guy. So it's kind of just, you know, as tight-lipped as things are the New York Jets they have what it takes on paper but the execution has always been their problem um it has been a problem the problem for Rex Ryan in his later years it was a problem for um it was a problem for Top Bowls in the last couple of years so it's just going to be one of those things where uh, the Jets are the wild card of this division. Either they're gonna they can be really good or be really really bad, and I hope they're not bad. I really don't, but we'll just have to see. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting um, to see kind of what they do at running back as well. If they can establish, uh, you know, one of their young guys at running back to kind of take the load off of Donald and give him some chances to make, um, you know, some throws against some, you know defenses that are crowding the line expecting to run play action pass and and roll outs and things like that to kind of make it easier for him um you know anything that can you know make him not have to throw so much or just keep dropping back and dropping back and facing third and long will definitely help them if they decide to go with the rookie quarterback um it's going to be interesting to kind of see how the teddy bridgewater thing plays out with them because like i said he's played very 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 well in the preseason he's shown that he's healthy but now it's it's like, you know, uh, Todd Bowles is more in love with McCown than he is with Bridgewater. And so it may just lead to a trade situation and they may actually be able to get a, a top line running back, you know, out of that. If they, you know, get to the right team who's desperate for a quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, once the season starts and teams start losing quarterbacks, you know, how Teddy Bridgewater is affected. Don't see too many trades during the season for quarterbacks, especially. But this may be a special case for the Jets once the season starts and Bridgewater's still on their roster. Right, I agree with that, and also, um, you know, you got the bargain chip, and then this house gonna, this house gonna be whoever emerges from in that starting role. Uh, can they? Can they um, not only do well the play action on the on those uh, crowded line situations, but are they going to break the tackles? Are they going to get the big runs? Are they going to get the? Are they going to be able to 
do what's needed, not only to alleviate the pressure on Donald, but get that balance that this team definitely needs. Right, right. This is Another Score. You're listening to the AFC and NFC East preview episode. You can find Another Score on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. So, Dwayne, we're going to move over to the division that's near and dear to my heart. It's a good old <laughs> NFC East. We're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. Their key additions, receiver Alan Hearns, receiver Tavon Austin, tackle Cameron Fleming, uh, defensive end Coney Ely, and assistant coach Chris Richard, who's going to be taking over the defense. We got key losses in receiver Des Bryant, tight end Jason Witten, who retired, tight end James Hanna, linebacker Anthony Hitchens, and cornerback Orlando Skandrick. Their key rookies are linebacker Leighton Vander Esch, offensive lineman Carter Williams, receiver Michael Gallup, and tight end Dalton Schultz. Now, of course, the big news last year with the Cowboys was the ongoing saga with uh, Zeke Elliott. You know, is he going to play this week? Is he going to be suspended? Finally came down, and he had to miss the final six games of the season. That stretched the Cowboys uh, finished one game under 500 and missed the playoffs. So we assume that this year with the full Zeke and with health and improvement from Dak Prescott, that this team should be in the mix to be a part of the playoffs this year. So talk about Dallas Cowboys losing two of their biggest uh, targets in Des Bryant and Jason Witten, two of their biggest personalities as well. Talk about how maybe their subtractions can be a plus for this version of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, it's going to allow Dak uh, Prescott to have more freedom to do his thing on the ball. You'll have um, you'll have um, all reliable Jason Witten, but he won't have Des Bryant to try to demand the ball in his ear all the time. Uh, with the um, Zeke Elliott saga over, this allows the offense to be more run focused. And, and we saw what great things can happen when Elliot is on the field behind that very, very phenomenal offensive line. Um, but now with the, with the whole situation at hand with the, um, uh, with Des Bryant gone, you know, you lose a big target. Uh, with Jason Wayne gone, you also lose another big target and so I tied in. So now you gotta find ways to uh, replace that. I think Alan Hearns is gonna be a good a, a solid replacement. He's not gonna be on the level with Des Bryant was at the peak of the Cowboys this time of the Cowboys, but uh, especially considering this different style of quarterback that's that was there and Tony Romo was there now that Prescott um, so you're not going to get that production as you would want, but I think with that, and I think you have a good, uh, tight end, uh, if Gavin Escobar still there, you have a good solid, uh, backup tight, uh, backup now starter. And, you know, I think the Cowboys, if they stay healthy, if they keep the distraction down to a minimum. Uh, they're uh, contender for the playoffs, no doubt about it. 
Um, as always, it's going to uh, come down to how improved is their secondary. Um, their defensive line is getting better and better. It's one of the top defensive lines in the division and definitely uh, in the NFL as well. So that kind of helps their secondary out a little bit. But they're still going to have some games where those guys don't get home and their secondary is going to have to make some plays. And that's going to be the true measure of how far they go is if they can, you know, shut teams down from scoring through the air. Had a very difficult time with that last year. Teams like the Rams, uh, you know, really lit up their secondary. So it'll be interesting to see with the new defensive uh, coach and coordinator as well as their old guy went up to Indianapolis to be a part of their program with Frank Wright. Or uh, yeah, with Frank Wright. So you know, well, originally that was Josh Daniels, but yeah, Frank Wright kept him though. Yeah, so you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see what kind of additions that happens there uh, with Dallas uh, and their defense. I think their defense is going to be whatever holds them back. I don't have any problems with their offense. They're going to play ball control. Uh, try to get up on you early, and then you know, let Zeke go to work and keep the ball away from you. So. The best thing you can try to do is kind of keep them off the field and keep your offense on the field and make them maybe feel like they have to panic and maybe throw the ball a little bit more because the time's running out on them. But if they get a two-score lead on you, it's going to be a difficult for a lot of teams to beat Dallas this year. We're going to move over to the New York football Giants. Their key additions, offensive lineman Nate Solder, offensive guard Patrick Uma. Uh, linebacker Alec Ogletree and linebacker Kareem Martin, as well as head coach Pat Shermer. Their key losses, Western Richburg, offensive lineman Justin Pugh, defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul, linebacker Devin Kennard, and head coach Ben McAdoo. Their key rookie additions, running back Saquon Barkley, offensive lineman Will Hernandez, linebacker Lorenzo Carter, and defensive tackle B.J. Hill. So the big thing about the, I guess we can add additions being um, Odell Beckham. He's coming back from a broken ankle. Um, Everybody's really excited about Saquon Barkley. Um, He got nicked up a little bit in training camp. So they basically shut him down for the last couple of preseason games, but he showed enough in the first two preseason games. Everybody, I think in the New York Giants football organization feels good about their number two, number two draft pick going forward for the next decade or so. So, this year is going to be all about Eli Manning. Do you see Pat Shermer coming? Uh, you know, he worked wonders last year with basically three different quarterbacks as, um, you know, he had Bradford there for a little while. Um, you know, uh, he also had um, my man who moved on to Denver. Um, can't think of his name right now. Um, who quarterback Minnesota last year did really good. Um, Case Keenum. Yeah. Case Keenum as well. So, now he's going to try to bring some of that over to Eli, who's really struggled the past couple of years. So how do you see Eli Manning season going this year? Is it a bounce back or is it a go home and be a family man type season for Eli Manning? Uh, I think on the high end, I think it's going to be a bounce back season. Uh, I think with Pat Shermer there, it kind of it will eradicate a lot of the old mistakes that Eli has been accustomed to and with uh, a Beckham back and then you have a plethora of offensive weapons to choose from aside uh, from Obama Beckham this is going to be a very very good team 
and the only team that can beat them is themselves. Uh, you know, you got a lot of in, well, a lot of infighting in between the team, and and when there's a lot of infighting between the team, it creates a uh, culture of distrust and uh, people being secret, people not wanting to lay their ideas down because of ridicule of how bad they all will feel. So, uh, you want to make sure everything is done um, in, in, the, in the right manner. So, you just have to see what happens uh, with Eli Manning, uh, with all the options that he has. Uh, it's running back solidified, I think, for the near future in Saquon Barkley, but I think Beckham is serious when he said if he feels any kind of limp, he's gone. So we'll see what happens. All right. Yeah, the the New York Giants definitely improved their defense the past couple of years. Their secondary has, you know, become one of the better ones with um uh what's their safety? Um he was defensive player of the year last year, Landon Collins. Landon Collins. Yeah, starting to, you know, come around and really starting to show his, you know, first round talent last year. He was really a key player, one to stand out on their team last year. So, you know, it's all about Eli. Can they keep him protected and can he, you know, make enough plays to, you know, keep them in games? And, uh, you know, so that definitely be um, the key component to their season. If Eli's stats are pretty good and his numbers completion percentages are high and his interceptions are low, then the Giants are definitely going to be a part of the mix when it comes down to the playoff uh, at the end of the season. Now we'll shift over to, I can't believe I'm about to say this, the defending Super Bowl champions, Philadelphia Eagles. Their key additions, receiver Mike Wallace. Defensive lineman Haloti Nata and defensive end Michael Bennett. Key losses LeGarrette Blunt, receiver Torrey Smith, tight end Trey Burton, defensive end Benny Curry, defensive tackle Bo Allen, cornerback Patrick Robinson, assistant coaches Frank Wright and Joe DeFilippio. Um, their key rookies are tight end Dallas Godard, uh, cornerback Avante Maddox, and defensive end Josh Sweat. So we're coming off of a Super Bowl winning campaign for Philadelphia, but without, you know, did have some drama as they lost Carson Wentz on their way to the playoffs. So he's coming back now in preseason, uh, their second game, uh, Nick Foles, who won the Super Bowl as a backup. He got injured as Adrian Claiborne hit his arm as it was going forward. He's got a shoulder strain. So now they're going to be a little bit more cautious with, Foles leading up to the regular season opener. Nobody knows if Wentz is going to start the opener or not. They're being real hush-hush about that. So talk about Philadelphia. Um, Super Bowl hangover um, is probably going to be evident in this team, but maybe they got enough young guys in leadership on this team where they're still hungry to get a second one. So uh, what do you see going forward for Philadelphia this year? Is it just going to be a measure of, um, how healthy Wentz is to start the season, and if he can, you know, stay upright for the full year. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those years where I mean, this team didn't lose much, so that's a 
that's one of the things we really got to look at. And as a result of not losing much, you have a chance to uh, really have another impact. And I think uh, you, you lose Frank Reich, who was an offensive-minded kind of guy. You, you, um, but you do uh, get Carson Wentz back. You do have uh, Nick Foles, who proved how reliable of a backup he is. Uh, you know, the running game still intact. The, the receiving game still intact. So there's a lot of things that this Eagles team did not lose. And with, uh, I mean, they lost Torrey Smith. That's probably their biggest loss uh, on the receiving end. But you replaced him with Mike Wallace. So you got the speed there. You got the possession guys. You got in Zach Ertz. You have a tight end. Uh, you have the running game. You have the defense that was pretty much very underrated. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, People who they talked about the offense, but they did give that defense uh, a lick of credit. And the defense won the championship with a sack Brady. So there's not a lot of bad things to say at all about the Eagles. Uh, the only thing bad about it is when they won the Super Bowl, all the jokes are now dead. And it's kind of weird not using them anymore. Like, I can't use the Chunky Soup meme anymore because they have a Super Bowl trophy in their trophy case now. I can't use the 1960 joke on my dad anymore. I can't say the Eagles won last one of the title before he was born. That's the only bad thing about the Eagles winning it all, but uh, they have the definite potential to repeat, no doubt. Yeah, they definitely do. It's going to be very interesting to see how Michael Bennett um, fits into their defense. I mean, they got an embarrassment of riches already across the defensive front. So now just add one more really good defensive end into that rotation. Um, you know, if their defense, if their secondary improves as it did in the second half of the season last year, I think their defense is going to get a lot of credit to start off the season because I don't know how explosive they're going to be. You know, if their quarterback situation is a little iffy. Uh, starting the season out. So they may have to, you know, kind of rely more on a little bit more running and defense to kind of get through the first month of the season. And I think that that will definitely lead to people recognizing just how good that defense is. Last and certainly not least in my heart, (laughs) the Washington football team, their key additions, Quarterback Alex Smith, receiver Paul Richardson, defensive lineman Pernell McPhee, and added but waived cornerback Orlando Scandrick. Key losses, quarterback Kirk Cousins, offensive lineman Spencer Long, defensive lineman Terrell McLean, linebacker Trent Murphy, cornerback Kendall Fuller, and safety Sua Cravens. Uh, Key rookies, uh, defensive lineman Deron Payne, Running back Darius Geis, who's also a key loss as he is out for the season after a torn ACL in the first preseason game. Offensive lineman Goran Christian and safety Troy Apik. So the Redskins or the Washington football team, uh, another year last place, another year of being awful against the run on defense. Awful against the pass when it comes to giving up scoring touchdowns in the red zone. 
uh, awful when it comes to scoring touchdowns in the red zone. So they added Alex Smith. They added Paul Richardson to try to add some more punch, more big plays, uh, more efficient quarterbacking in the red zone. But uh, I don't think any of that's going to work because as uh, I've seen in a couple of preseason games here, we kicked five field goals against the Jets and we only scored three points with our first team offense against the Denver Broncos that uniform Jay Gruden may be the issue all along and not Kirk Cousins since he is the head coach and offense coordinator and the guy in charge of getting the team up and down the field and into the end zone. So after my little rant, I'll go ahead and let you uh, have your thoughts on the Washington football team and what you think their uh, their outlook for this season is going to be. Do you think Alex Smith is going to be a significant upgrade or over Kirk Cousins, or are they kind of about the same? Well, judging from what Kirk Cousins is doing in Minnesota right now, I will say that it could be. Uh, could be either about the same or even a downgrade. Um, less, and you know, Al Smith is the check down king, and he doesn't have that Tyree kill that can explode out and make plays like he did in Kansas City. Um, Chris Thompson may be that guy, but uh, I'm not looking. Uh, forward to that. I like the Adrian Peterson addition. Uh, we could kind of see if he can get some monster runs. If he has any left in the tank, I'm sure he has plenty. Uh, the Darius Geist injury was a huge blow. Uh, because he was he was definitely that guy that could get the ball down the field and. And then he blows his knee out and, you know, that goes up in smoke. So, uh, it's a lot of things going against the R team to begin with. So, it's going to be a tough season. Uh, but hopefully if they can get it together somehow somebody on the offensive side of the ball to play calling or the personnel. There might be some shockwaves or at least uh eight and eight, something like that, but could be another long season prepare for head uh in the nation's capital with the R T. This is a very interesting dilemma for Jay Gruden. He's the first coach in the Daniel Snyder era to ever get a fifth season as the head coach, but he doesn't have anything really beyond this year. So it's basically a kind of prove it situation. This kind of, if this season goes really bad, could be a whole overhaul as in terms of coach and general manager as uh, Bruce Allen may be on his way out as well. So this is one of these weird seasons that, you know, if they start fast and get some confidence, it could carry them all the way to a pretty decent season. If they start out slow and, you know, they're having issues scoring and, you know, a lot of things start coming back to Jay Gruden because we got a different team. 
last year and a couple of other years, people could just hide everything and put everything on Kirk Cousins and go, oh, well, you know, Kirk Cousins, whatever your opinion was of him, because people didn't have that high of an opinion of him. Oh, well, it's Kirk Cousins' fault that they don't do well. It's Kirk Cousins' fault that they don't score in the red zone. It's Kirk Cousins' fault that this happens and that happens. But now without him, is going to really expose what is and what isn't Jay Gruden's fault or what is and what hasn't been Jay Gruden's fault in the past. And uh, right now, like I said, it's not really looking good for Jay Gruden. So some things really need to change as far as offensive-wise to score points. They've tried to address the running game uh, or the lack of being able to stop the running game on defense. Um, hopefully Jonathan Allen paired with his college teammate Deron Payne will add you know a really good formidable front still don't have a lot of speed on defense so you know um, teams that do have quick guys quick guys who can you know make quick cuts and and get into the open spaces will definitely give the uh, Washington defense trouble but um, if you have kind of more of a bruising running back you know they may be built to kind of handle those type of running games a little bit better so Scoring offensively, stopping the run, those will be the two keys to the Washington football team season. If they are pluses in both of those categories, then things could, you know, take an upturn if there's significant injuries to the other teams in the division and they stay relatively healthy. Things could also benefit in their factor as well. But if not, yeah, this could be one of those five and 11s. Um, you know, really quick. So it'd be interesting to kind of see once the season gets going, how things turn for the Washington football team. So at this point, just want to remind everybody that know the score is a part of the CSPN and we are sponsored this week by amazon.com. So please go over to CSPN.us, visit the tab that says, keep this podcast free, then click on amazon.com. Do your shopping as you normally would. Some of your purchase comes back to help keep another score and all the other podcasts here on CSPN free of charge. So Amazon.com through CSPN. Do it today. Uh, some other news that we didn't cover. Uh, the Seahawks released defensive end Marcus Smith, who was a you know plan to be a part of their plans, their pass rush rotation. So that was a big uh, surprise for people. Um, any other Breaking news from any of the uh, uh, preseason games from Saturday night that I might have missed. I know Tyrod Taylor, like he injured his wrist or hand Thursday night in the preseason game versus the Eagles, but I haven't seen a report on how he's yeah. doing. No concussion for Cam Newton on that head first dive on Thursday in the Patriots preseason game. He sat out a few plays. Only the worst thing that came out was a black eye. All right. So we're coming up to the fourth and final preseason game. Basically, the, you know, fill out spots 49, 50, 51, and 52 on most teams' rosters. Hopefully, everybody gets through that unscathed because this will be a bunch of young guys playing. And, and the ones who get cut, hopefully, they can, you know, get onto the practice squad or, you know, somewhere like that. So hopefully, everybody comes out of these last preseason games healthy. And then, uh, Thursday night, in a couple of about ten days, we will be uh, kicking off between the Eagles and the Falcons as the Eagles Great. put up their banner. So yeah, so Thursday night that'll be kicking off September the sixth, I think that is. Um, so at this point, Dwayne, I'll turn it over to you for your final thoughts and thank yous. Uh, 
All right. Thank you. Uh, shout out to all of our listeners, of course, on the CSPN. Shout out to the show hosts that put out these content every week. Uh, shout out to our co-host, Justin Demise. And as well as you, Don, thanks for having me, as always. Um, I'm going to say, for my final thought, I love the fact that this is, like, one of my favorite times of the year. I love the fact that, you know, we got soccer across the pond back in full swing. We got MLS going on in the playoff push. We have the pennant races starting to heat up in baseball. Football's coming back. And in just a couple months, we're going to have hockey and basketball back. So um, this is probably the best time of year as the temperatures cool down as we move into the Labor Day weekend and things of that sort. But... I just enjoy the fact that, you know, this has been a great, great time to do these previews, a great time to check everything out, see what comes into fruition. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's really just about all I had to say about that. Oh, yeah, I can't forget the NASCAR playoffs. Uh, Richmond is coming up where the cutoff is happening to so um i'll leave it at that uh best time of year is coming up all right thank you Dwayne, for joining me as always i'd like to thank all the fans and uh, all the listeners of the CSPN. another score each and every week for listening to us and supporting our sponsors go over to our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash CSPN media to get exclusive content from all your favorite shows and co-hosts here on the CSPN. Uh, sign up to become a CSPN Backstage member and you'll gain access to all that exclusive content. My final thought would be uh, per reports and starting September 1st in a couple of days, Jamel Hill will be officially leaving ESPN. Um, so good luck to Jamel. It's been a you know very uh, difficult 2018 for her as far as her professional life goes and, and you know, being real and, you know, a, a network not supporting her and having her back and, you know, basically, you know, throwing her into the bushes. So whatever that she has planned in her next uh, chapter in her life, we definitely hope that it's, you know, very well supported and everything turns out great. She's a voice that needs to be heard, uh, whether it's sports, politics or whatever she decides to do. So good luck to Jamel Hill going forward as uh, she'll be departing ESPN in a couple of days. So. On that note, for the Libra Icon, I'm Don DeLorente, and now you know the score.